Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 19th episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Ali, and I want to invite you all to sit and psych for a while. I want to thank you all for coming back and for your ongoing support. I also want to give a shout out to all the listeners tuning in from the other side of the world. It's been a pleasure having you be a part of this journey. As always, if there's topics or questions you want to have addressed in the podcast, please reach out to me directly via email or on social media. And always remember to subscribe and follow. That way you don't miss any upcoming episodes. Also, please make sure you're sharing as it helps the podcast grow. And in today's episode, we'll have a special guest, a fellow colleague and dear friend, Omar Zaki. And I'll have you introduce yourself. Absolutely. Ali, thank you for having me join you on this podcast. Uh, yeah, my name is Omar Zaki. I'm a investment manager and a financial advisor, and I am glad to be with you here today. Hopefully I'll be able to share some valuable insight for, for your listeners. Well, it's an honor to have you, and I look forward to our discussion today. And today's discussion is actually going to be about the change and the evolution in the definition of wealth. We're going to be looking at some of the more traditional common definitions of wealth and how that's grown over the years and you know it's become more metaphorical but nowadays there have been developments in the financial and technological fields that have changed how we look at wealth so without any further ado please have a seat and i hope you all enjoy the show so when we look at the original common definition of wealth the Merriam-Webster definition of wealth is an abundance of valuable material possessions or resources, abundant supply, all property that has a monetary value or an exchangeable value, all material objects that have economic utility. An individual's net worth can be seen as their salary, for example, or their assets, right? That's typically what we think of when we think of someone's wealth. What do you think, Omar? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think when we're looking at that definition of your valuable assets, I think it's really important to think about value, right? Something could be valuable to you. It's also very important to make sure that it's, there's demand for it. That's what makes it valuable, Absolutely. right? At that point, you, you gather those together. You also subtract that by your liabilities and that brings you your, your net worth. So that I would say is kind of the technical term of your net worth. Yeah, but over the years, we've also seen more abstract definitions of wealth, sometimes referred to as true wealth, where you think of someone not necessarily being wealthy in terms of monetary value or assets, but also being wealthy in some other ways that can be interpreted sometimes in less concrete ways, but more abstract ways. For example, someone that has a wealth of knowledge, someone that has a wealth of freedom, happiness, health. Being surrounded by loved ones, having a, a wealth of support around them, and also just a wealth of kindness. So, you know, people that you characterize as being very pious or always being very altruistic and have that personality to them that would be characterized as a wealthy individual, but not in terms of a monetary value, but how they, you know, how they carry themselves in society. I, I totally agree. And I think when you come to think about the word wealthy again it goes back to what you you and others consider valuable right and when you're thinking about knowledge freedom happiness joy uh, a support network that's around you family friends those are valuable things to you and hence and 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 others can from the outside whether they're close to you or 
or not, they can take a look at that from a bird's eye view and think that person is wealthy with knowledge. Think of someone like a teacher, a doctor. At the same time, if we're thinking about wealthy with health, yeah. athletes, yeah. you can think they they are certainly wealthy with that attribute. So it, it's certainly evolved through the years and through, I would say, the decades in which you can be wealthy in a multitude of different variables that others and yourself consider valuable. And when I try to think about what could be the possible factors that attribute to that change in the definition to a more abstract definition, you know, I think it comes more from the evolution of psychology. You know, that self-awareness or understanding that one's true value doesn't have to come from their financial assets or their monetary value, but rather, you know, their own perceptions of what wealth can be. Now, someone doesn't have to be rich from a, a literal term or a literal definition, but they can have other parts of their life that exhibit that wealth. And I think as we understand that more, it changes how we perceive ourselves and allows the person to really see what their true value can be versus what you know the normal or the traditional definition of wealth has been for a long time. You know, I, I completely agree with you there, Ali. I think you remind me of a, a study that actually just came to mind. I'm, I'm trying to think of the source of that study, but I read this article, it was on CNBC, and I found that they were saying at a specific point of income, does your quality of life not change? Yeah. So for an instance, you know, anyone could be making a specific amount and it gets to a specific level. I think that level was closer to 90,000. I, I need to double check through that source, so don't quote me on it. But <laughs> I would say that up to a level and then your quality of life from that standpoint, regardless of how much more you're making, doesn't really make that big of a difference in terms of your happiness, in terms of a lot of different things that change. So I would say it truly goes back to what you mentioned in, in terms of psychology, mm -hmm. right? What you value as, as, as wealth, and what you value to be, I know it sounds kind of a tongue twister there, but what you value to be valuable, right? Yeah, so exactly. that's uh, certainly what I believe to be pretty important to a lot of what you were just mentioning. Yeah, I think at some point there's also sometimes a diminishing return even where you're making more money, but does that really make you happy? Because, you know, you imagine the time and effort you're investing into the, you know, that work that you're doing that brings you that money. And sometimes it comes at a cost of your own health, your time, your freedom, your even happiness. So if you're spending all the time at work to make more money, but really it's causing you more stress, it's taking you away from your loved ones, uh, and you know it, it just makes you feel unhappy, is it really benefiting you at the end of the day? Is it really making you uh, more wealthy or is it taking away from that wealth? And I think depending on how someone can look at it, they can say, well, yeah, I'm making more money so I'm happier or I'm more wealthy, but uh, from a different point of view, if someone says, well, I'm feeling miserable at this point, why, why would I even look at that as amassing wealth or you know, money? I completely agree with you. You think of it from a, a geography standpoint as well, right? Mm -hmm. So you'll always find some people that they say a specific ethnic group could be happier or more family oriented yeah. and and though maybe they're from a developing country and exactly. compared to others who maybe come from a developed country and i again i don't want to i want to push towards stereotypes but rather thinking about someone can be from a developed country or living in a developed country and though they are not 
wealthy per se in that abstract definition or even if you're thinking of it from a psychological standpoint where others they do have things that are available to them that they consider wealthy that are outside of something that's not tangible right the love yeah. of their family the love of their friends that they they have you know possibly great health or be surrounded by a support network that's consistently helping Absolutely. them so it differs from one person to the other i think it's pretty subjective what you're speaking to is actually called Maslow's hierarchy of needs, where he set up the categories of what people needed. And, you know, the, the bottom of that, it's a shape of a pyramid. At the bottom of that pyramid were things that were necessities, things that were needed for someone to essentially survive physically. And it was a sense of security, a sense of safety, and your primary needs, food, water, shelter, that kind of thing. And then as you moved up that pyramid, you needed things that were beyond that level. So having, you know, love or relationships with people around you, and it became more and more internal to having, you know, a better sense of self-realization, coming up with goals and achieving those goals and feeling just getting closer to that better version of yourself. But again, we think about, you mentioned people living in a part of the world that is not as developed and for them wealth can be a very different perception than someone living in a much more developed part of the world so someone just simply having food water heat shelter that for them can be a sense of well i'm wealthy i have all the things that i need and for them to think beyond that isn't fathomable but for someone that you know has those things and it's something that they are used to having it doesn't really make it much of a difference until that those things are gone obviously sure, yeah but you know they look beyond having that those basic needs those primary needs and we look more to all right i want to you know have more happiness in my life i want to have things that make me feel like i'm you know heading in the right direction doing the things i love really being the person i want to be and i, I think again you, you put it perfectly where we come from and how we grow up or how we live really defines our values or how we perceive wealth. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree there. Now, as times have moved on and we've gone further and further into the technological age, we've seen, and I want to say it's mostly in these last several years and even more so this year, We've seen a growth in digital assets being defined as wealth. So people have heard of NFTs or projects that are digital, but people can also see these things as you know a definition of wealth. How has that evolution in the technological field affected or I guess impacted the way we view wealth? It's a great question, uh, Ali. And you know, many people think of what you just mentioned as the metaverse, right? We've seen companies, many of which we all know and, and that were a big part of social media and whatnot that have went towards what they call meta, right? Meta platforms or, or the metaverse. Mm -hmm. And most people think that the metaverse is a, is a virtual place. Like in the movie Ready Player One virtual world, like Minecraft, Roblox, or like Zuck showed in the Facebook demo, but what if it's not a place, right? And essentially, the way I like to look at it is that it's a moment of time. 
-hmm. And it really relates a lot to what you were just mentioning that the metaverse is a moment in time where our digital life becomes more valuable. I know we were just mentioning that, right? Or worth more to us than our physical life, than our physical world. And I don't think that this is an overnight change, uh, essentially, or an invention of, you know, Steve Jobs or Bill Gates, you know, coming up with a with just a, an invention that everyone gets to use right off the bat, like an iPhone or something. But it's a gradual change. And this has already been happening yeah. really for the best of 20, 30 years. Right. You've got when it comes to work, you're going from factories to laptops. You're, when you're coming to your friends, you used to think of your neighbors and now it's how many followers do you have, yeah. right? Um, and and where do you or anyone of our, of our listeners, where do we find like-minded people? Yes. Right? With common qualities. It used to be that you call your friends up or you look for folks that are colleagues or your friends um, at, at school maybe. But now it's starting to be Twitter, Reddit different social media platforms that do that. Um, there's more kids that are playing Fortnite in this world now than those who are playing basketball and soccer combined. Wow. So when you think of all those different things together, those factors, it really shows you this transformation that's happening of, call it wealth, of, of value that are going from this physical, tangible asset towards more of the digital world that we're progressing towards. So all of this has been happening and it really, I mean, it makes sense that then the, in this digital age that assets are digitized and our possessions should be as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, as I mentioned, it's more of a gradual change, right? And where I always say and where attention goes, energy flows, right? Where your attention is going, especially within this digital world, if, if there's more attention going towards your TV, 80% of your time is uh, what we used to do, uh, where we go out, go to school, go to work, you know, our everyday lives. And then you go back home and turn on the TV. Now some attention is going towards that. And then here comes where, how do you listen to music? And you keep on evolving from that. Laptops, the way the Zooms are, are now the new boardrooms, yeah. right? So you think of all these different things. And now we believe, at least when it comes to the financial standpoint, that the journey towards the metaverse, that digitalization of, of assets, like you just mentioned, our assets, it makes sense that where attention goes, energy flows. And the fact that that's where you find value and you brought up NFTs, uh, which is stands for non fungible tokens. Those are different ways that now companies, fashion companies, think of Nike and Adidas and Dolce mm -hmm. and uh, different, different names out there are starting to partner with different digital administrators to come out with these NFTs so that Omar and Ali and you know our listeners can own a piece of a digital asset. It gives them that reputation, it gives them that reputability, it gives them that community standing. And I, I, I don't know if you've heard, I'm sure, I'm sure you have across the media, but some of these digital assets are going for tens of millions. Wow. The market capitalization of some means of currency, right? We're all used to money, right? Tangible money, where if I hold a dollar or a euro or a pound, I know that that has a value to it. Now you hear of these co you know, coins like Bitcoin or, or Solana or mm -hmm. Ethereum, which is a means of exchange. And truly it's a number of codes in a computer, but we as humans put 
value to it, right? And hence now, if you have 10 coins and I have 20, supposedly from in a digital aspect, I'm wealthier, Mm -hmm. right? And and I truly believe it's because our attention has went towards it, hence making it more valuable. Now, we've seen a lot of companies jumping in on this, you know, the metaverse essentially. And from what you're saying, you know, how technology has been growing in the last two to three decades has really primed us for this point in this age of technology and how we view wealth. Why is it so important? And why are some of these companies really just jumping into this and really capitalizing on it? And what value should we put into it now as it's still something that isn't completely accepted by you know the whole world or still hasn't been made the standard essentially should someone put a stake in this and say i want to get more of an understanding of what the metaverse is i want to get a deeper understanding of how nfts work and all these digital possessions should i put more time into understanding this because at some point it's going to be really important and it will benefit me to know how this all works yeah i mean you know, Ali, technology has been advancing rapidly since the late 1990s, right? Correct. And many of these companies, some of them have, haven't been ahead of the curve, right? And have uh, suffered because of that, right? Um, not to mention names, but a lot of different cell phone companies, a lot of different mobile companies, those manufacturers. Apple just started becoming one of the largest companies of the world mm-hmm. relatively in time most recently. Yeah. Um, because they were ahead of the curve. I think when you come to think about how long does it take you, and this is actually a question that I'm, I'm asking, and for our listeners here, h- how long does it take for you to take out your phone and send out a text message? Depending on how long it is, but, you know, a matter of minutes. A matter of minutes, yeah. right? Uh, for you to, if I ask you to search what the definition of wealth is on your phone, that probably takes a minute or two, right? Yes. With the metaverse, there is this shift, there's this technological advancement towards the fact that some company can come out, have you wear glasses. I believe there's some that are already out there, but... Yeah, the Google goggles. Right, right, where they have you wear glasses and quickly you get a message, you could see it. Or possibly if there's a search that you want to do with your voice recognition, you be able to do it. There's now some talk, and I don't know if our kids are going to be, uh, are going to be the ones that are going to enjoy this, but... There's talks that, hey, we are going to go into Web3, right? Into the metaverse yes. and be able to sit together and, and, and thinking of spectrum of time, of distance, is going to be closer and closer. We're going to make it, or I should say we, but the, the, the world is pushing towards this, this reality that my, us sitting here in Chicago can meet folks in Singapore by wearing some glasses and we're, yeah. we're sitting together in, in, their, in, their, in a living room, right? So it's, wild. it's yeah. those companies trying to get to that stage, trying to be ahead of the curve because those that haven't in the last two decades have, have sunk and sunk pretty, yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah, I think it's always important for people to adapt to changing times. I know earlier you mentioned, you know, uh, phone companies that at the time we're at the prime and the top of the lists of being the number one used cell phones in the world but due to the inability to keep up or really just develop past the needs or give people something that they didn't know they want 
they slowly became lower and lower in that uh, popularity. But you know what just dawned on me literally sitting here talking about this is what if this is almost like a reverse curve? You know, earlier we were talking about how we define ourselves, you know, we used to define ourselves by wealth. And again, it, you know, it varies where you are and where you grow up and all that. But we defined ourselves by, you know, value, money. Uh, but at some point as we change the definition to more abstract things like we talked about earlier, happiness, health, freedom, knowledge, you know, we change the how we perceive wealth. And now what if this new change in our definition of wealth takes away from that? You know, what mm -hmm. if it's almost like a U-shaped curve now, or I guess a upside down U-shape where our value is going to be defined by something else and it's more digitized and it takes away from us being uh, more focused on other things in our life, you know, more real in-person things like my relationship with you, my relationship with my other friends, family that are in the, you know, physical world rather than the metaphysical world and you know that's something that just kind of you know um, dawned on me as we was talking about this what if this is that curve that swings us back into how things were and where our definition of wealth is going to be changed to something completely different yeah it's you know i think about this as many folks think hey is is this digital move, these technological advancements, is it right or wrong? Is the metaverse yeah. right or wrong? And, and I think it's, it's neither, right? It's, yeah. it's a different thing, a, a very different thing. And again, where our attention is going to go, where we put time and what we deem to be valuable is what is going to be um, is, is where energy is going to flow is where attention is going to flow. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're right, there's gonna be times in which we are gonna maybe start valuing sitting together, having a picnic or having a you know a campfire out in the woods versus needing to <laughs> wear some glasses and, and sit yeah. in the metaverse somewhere. Yeah. So it is very exciting. I feel like really as the world continues to advance, um, it provides unity. I think it also provides the fact that some folks are, are gonna embrace it and those who do, and not just the digital standpoint, but having, you know, it, it, championing that change, right? That's truly going to possibly lead to more wealth, right? Absolutely. And it yeah. doesn't need to necessarily be monetary. It could be a lot of different things like, you know, as we mentioned before, your friends and your family and whatnot. And those who don't, I, I feel like that's okay, right? I, I, it's, it's not like they're gonna be sunken like other companies. I think that's fine as well. But in order to stay connected, in order to continue to live by these changes that are happening by time it's going to uh, it's going to have a, a meaningful impact in your own life that's really interesting i think it's going to be a fine line to balance not maybe not too fine but some kind of you know uh, <laughs> with the fineness that we have to balance yeah where we're not so caught up into the more virtual world and lose track of our, you know, real world. I think we can find a way to really balance those two and do both. I, I agree. I think, and that balance is going to be key, right? I yeah. think that, that 
everything, something I personally believe in, but everything in modesty is where you find is where you find true happiness. I feel yeah. if you're doing too much an extre- an extremity from one spectrum to the other, holding the the, the stick from the middle, right? Yeah. And and this change might not be successful. Now, certainly as of as of now, we're seeing that this change is happening. We're seeing the impact Definitely. that it's having, especially yes. to the younger generation. And for those who are listening that are thinking, hey, w- what are these two talking about digital assets and stuff? And others are my thinking, you know, I've I'm involved in this, heavily involved, actively involved in this. That's okay. Having that balance all across the board is is important. And I, I certainly think embracing that, championing this transformational journey that the world has continued to experience in the last 20 plus years is going to have a a positive impact towards all our lives right i I think it certainly will too and uh, i think it's gonna also always require more discussions as we get further and further into it we're gonna see things that maybe anomalies that we haven't seen before and things that we've seen before but just look different and we have to point them out to really understand them better but I think, yeah, this is something that is very exciting, it's very different, and it's worth talking about definitely, because definitely, it will impact a lot of us. It's going to impact not just from a commercial standpoint, but from a personal standpoint. An individual's daily life will be, in some way or another, impacted by this, and it's important to understand it. I completely agree with you. And essentially, this reminds me a lot of my everyday conversation with, with clients. As, as much as it is, it's exciting, it has a high degree of uncertainty, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And where there is a lot of uncertainty, uh, you find folks that are emotional about, about it as well. A lot of anxiety. Exactly. Yeah. It, it could promote anxiety as well, thinking this change, um, are we ready for it? Is yes. that something that we can embrace and take on from day one? And, and, and hence why I think it's a spectrum of time. I think it's gradual, right? And I always say maybe right now, 10% of your attention will f- will flow towards it. Maybe the younger generation will put yeah. more like 50%. Yeah. But thinking about how much energy you're going to put towards it and then the long-term future, what does that hold for us, yes. right? So uh, as much as it's exciting, it can also kind of elevate anxiety, can elevate stress. Oh, and I, and I think it's, yes. it's, it's important to kind of know, even from a financial standpoint, from my profession, I feel like a lot of folks that ask me about this, I always say, hey, it's 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 something that's it could happen gradually. Mm-hmm. This change, and I always call it the transformational journey that we're in all throughout time. It's new. It's exciting. It could be stressful, uh, but embracing it, accepting it, understanding it. I think all those things are, are valuable. It's crucial. And, and one to uh, to embrace and one to think about. Yeah, funny thing is, is a whole episode on change as well. <laughs> and how that is scary, you know, when you're so used to something, you come to have some sort of expectation of how it's going to play out, what to expect, and it's no surprise. Even if it's an unhealthy thing, you, you just kind of get used to being, well, for lack of a better term, used to use whatever you used to. <laughs> and yeah. um, whenever you introduce something that changes the routine and you're all of a sudden not knowing what's going to happen it is a very scary feeling because you know we're losing that control all of a sudden the control we perceive we have or the control the control we think we really have or we do have we start to lose that perception of control and that's when we start to have anxiety and we stress out 
about things that well, I don't know what the future is going to look like for me. And it's, it's scary for a lot of people, especially if, you know, you're older and a lot of your life has been invested into a certain way. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden things are being changed right underneath you and you don't know if you're going to be able to get used to it or adapt to it. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, this truly uh, reminds me a lot of, you know, the client base I work with in the means of, you know, some folks ask me, why is this car company thinking about Tesla, right? Essentially, why is it valued so much in comparison mm-hmm. to other automobiles? And it's because it's not a car company. It's a tech company. It's, it's a tech. It's a yeah. data company, right? Yeah. Every mile that you drive goes back into a server, into a database that essentially they use that data towards an effort for autonomous vehicles, right? For the fact that we might see a day in which we are not driving ourselves, yeah. right? That there are cars that are driving themselves. Mm-hmm. So it's that data and think of that as digitalization of information, right? You're digitalizing the fact that you're driving and now each mile yeah. there's data from that that becomes then valuable, right? And then a person or the company or the firm that has all this data in their servers end up becoming much more valuable though it's a car company. And essentially we're talking about just for figures here, Tesla was at one point valued at close to $800 billion. The second largest company right after that was Toyota valued at 180 billion. That is eight times, much, much multitudes higher and Toyota has been selling cars for a long time <laughs> for ages yeah. before Tesla. Yeah. I believe at that point with that valuation, Tesla had possibly sold right around 500,000 cars mm-hmm. a year, whereas Toyota was selling over 10 million cars globally yeah. yes. a year. So uh, again, thinking of all those different measures and the fact that we now perceived it more valuable that a company has that data and had digitalized this information as well. So again, it really brings us to embracing that, seeing what positive impacts it has towards our life and and the environment and the world as a whole. Societies coming together, being able to make some of the work processes more efficient and hence our lives as well. Does it come at the cost of things that we used to know how to do? Like rather than going outside for a run, now I can jump on a treadmill and then here comes Peloton where, you know, there's robots that can help me do it too. So embracing that change seeing in which ways you fit i think that's pretty important in which ways that you can embrace specific changes that are going on around you because that will in the end make up your identity right continues to make up your identity so uh just some 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 insights that we've seen just within our industry as well yeah this discussion has really been very insightful I think we'll probably do for another conversation, you know, yeah. <laughs> down the line as things move forward. Uh, sure. But I, you know, I, I'm glad we were able to have this conversation and really better understand it because I think, yeah, a lot of people are hearing about this and not knowing what it is. And I, I think it helps to have some idea or some understanding of it. So it, it doesn't become so scary for a lot of people that can't wrap their minds around it. So, Omar, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. And again, I invite you to please come back in the near future to do more episodes. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. No, thank you for your time, for having me. I'm a 
an active listener of your podcast and it certainly has had a big meaningful impact on my own life as well. So no, thank you for, for having me. And if, of course, I, I very much look forward to being on the next one. Thank you so much. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the end of episode 19. I really can't believe we've made 19 of these. Um, <laughs> I want to thank you all for listening and for coming back. Uh, as always, if there's any questions or topics you would like me to address on this podcast, please feel free to reach out. And if you want to be a guest yourself as well, please reach out. Please also make sure you're sharing and subscribing to the episodes as it helps the podcast grow. Hope you all enjoyed the show and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.